This Washington Post Live podcast is proudly sponsored by 3M. 3M Science, applied to life. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Michelle Yehi Lee, Seoul Tokyo Bureau Chief for the Washington Post. I'm so delighted that you can all join us. I'm Washington Post, Tokyo Seoul, Michelle Yehi Lee. Thank So for tonight's This is Climate program, we begin with a focus on South Korea's investments in a more sustainable economy and the role of the private sector. And our first guest, as you've seen, is Sangyeop Kim. He's a co-chair of the Presidential Commission on Carbon Neutrality and Green Growth. So Chair Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, it's my great pleasure and honor to be a part of this important conversation. <laughs> by Washington Post Live. Thank you, we're delighted to have you. And I, can, I think I can uh, objectively say you are the greenest in color today. <laughs> <laughs> Head to toe almost. <laughs> um, so to begin, I'm wondering if you can tell us briefly, one or two sentences, what is the Presidential Commission on Carbon Neutrality and Green Growth? Well, uh, we have uh, more than 20 ministries uh, in relation to uh, carbon neutrality and, 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 and green growth. This is a kind of champion body to coordinate that kind of interdepartmental matters and also to coordinate various stakeholders' interests. That is under the leadership of the Korean president, Yoon Sang-yeol. Mm. Um, and thank you for that. And we saw in the intro video that the Commission's national strategy and framework was passed in April. Yes. Um, at the same time, South Korea is one of the world's most fossil-dependent economies. Mm -hmm. So how optimistic are you that South Korea can become carbon neutral by 2050 with the plan? Well, when you look at the Korea's industrial structure, which is quite energy-intensive, it is a really daunting task. Korea is maybe number nine, number eight in terms of the uh, GDP uh, in the world. But Korea's uh, manufacturing industry is number five in the world, which means Korea is, in a sense, manufacturing country, which uses lots of energy and does emit lots of carbon so far. So it requires a drastic change. And uh, so, but it is a kind of opportunity for Korea cannot reject because it promises a huge opportunity if Korea behaves and does its best. Hmm. And you know, you've mentioned the opportunities and the economic power of sure, South Korea. Sure. And President Yoon, of course, has vowed to that South Korea will be a global pivotal state. That's right. And, That's and right. how do you see Korea as a global pivotal state on the global climate uh, stage? Uh, it's a very good question. Uh, well, at the last G7 summit in Hiroshima, Japan, Korea boldly joined the climate club. That was initiated by the Germany, one of the number one tough green country. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the Climate uh, Club is asking three things, A, B, C, ambition, bold, and cooperation. So, uh, which means Korea is ready to join that 
kind of a very ambitious club, which means Korea is going to collaborate, cooperate with the rest of the world as a responsible member of international community. That is the philosophy of uh, President Yoon. Um, South Korea, at the same time, recently revised down its 2030 targets mm -hmm. uh, for reducing emissions in the industrial sector. Um, and under that new plan, the sector will be required to cut emissions by 11.4% from 2018 levels by 2030. Mm -hmm. And the earlier estimate was 14.5%. Yes. And your yes. commission has said that this change was made in light of real, realistic domestic conditions. Sure. So sure. can you explain what those domestic conditions are? Well, as for European countries uh, such as the UK, the UK has reached its emission peak early 1991, around that time. So UK, country like that, has 40 years until 2030. US, 25 years, because US seemed to hit the peak around 2005. Korea, we believe we hit the target, a peak at the year 2018. But when we, uh, the when uh, previous administration announced its uh, ambitious target, that year was 2021, 20, two years ago. But actually, we witnessed the actual uh, emission growth by 33.5%, which means Korea has not. Uh, catch the critical moment of cutting greenhouse gas emission. Mm. What I'm trying to say, we only have less than eight years to realize our objective. So we got to uh, do something that can be achievable in a realistic way. So that's why we reintroduced the part of nuclear power. Mm. And uh, we tried uh, to our best to increase our renewable portion, and we had to do some coordination on the industrial sector. That is not uh, the lower uh, kind of ambition. One 11, more than 11% cut by 2030 by industrial sector is still very much challenging. So this morning I had a very in-depth seminar with steel making uh, companies such as Polsco and Hyundai. For example, uh, Korean steel uh, making capacity is around the number five or six in the world. But see, and making steel itself uh, emits lots of CO2. Mm. It amounts more than 15% of the Korea's total greenhouse gas emission because that's the way how you make steel. Korea is going to change that kind of uh, making method by introducing a hydrogen uh, reduction iron making process. That's going to be a huge change, but it is going to take time. So we are going to have a kind of pilot project around the 2028, 20, around that. But we are going to make sure Korean steel is going to achieve carbon neutral by 2050. Mm. So greening industrial sector is one of the most important strategy and mission for Korea. 
Yeah, I mean, can you tell us more about the important role that the private sector has? Sure, it's, it's the sure. you know it's the conglomerates, but it's also startups, right? It's all sure. over the spectrum of private industry in meeting this climate goal. Sure, I believe in the and the the the, the innovative power of uh, Korea's companies. For example, Samsung Electronics is going to develop super super energy efficient semiconductor by 2030, which is going to save more than 30% of energy usage. That's the way how Korean companies can contribute, not just to Korea, but also uh, the world as a whole. And LG uh, is one of the leading battery makers in the world uh, in terms of lithium-ion battery, simply number one in terms of quality. But uh, not satisfied with that, LG uh, Energy Solution is, for example, going to develop all a solid-state battery by the year 2026 or 2028, which is going to change the battery industry again. And SK is one of the uh, most ambitious group in Korea in terms of climate action. The chairman of the SK group, who is also the chairman of Korean uh, Chamber of Commerce, promised that SK is going to contribute 1% of global uh, greenhouse gas emission reduction by 2030. And SK alone is going to invest more than $50 billion for that. And Hyundai, as you know, one of the top three zero emission vehicle leader in the world. And Hyundai is working with the United States. They are going to build a huge plant in Georgia, right? That's the way. So, so this is not a kind of single country game. Mm. This requires a multilateral cooperation. And uh, if you remember the Washington summit between mm. Yoon Sung-yeol and President Biden, the, the ironclad alliance on security between the two countries has reached to the level of global strategic comprehensive partnership. That is to say, climate has become the core agenda for those two allies. And if you look at the Washington consensus and, and some statement, there lies a critical agreement on clean energy technologies. Mm. Not just battery, not just electric vehicle, but also hydrogen, CCUS, a lot of exciting and big climate technology cooperation will be happening between the countries and ultimately with the rest of the world. Mm. Yeah, what do you see as the, the next step for that U.S.-South Korea um, cooperation? Uh, well, Korea, as I told you, joined the climate uh, club. club. And uh, these days, uh, the kind of, that kind of club diplomacy is, is all around the world because we need a kind of club of like-minded countries to incur more actions. And for example, U.S., uh, the president of uh, uh, U.S. Mr. Biden proposed the idea of a first movers coalition at the Glasgow conference. The idea is very simple. We are, the green technologies are still at early stage. So we need kind of collective power by having deeper international cooperation. So U.S. is leading that coalition and Korea is kindly asked to join the coalition. And Korea, 10 years ago, Korea launched a kind of green growth club mm -hmm. in the name of Global Green Growth Institute, 
which is more than 40 member countries already. So without, so I believe the partnership. Partnership is the key word to save us in this hot planet. You mentioned the private sector earlier. Sure. Uh, we talked about what those companies are trying to do, but government obviously has a role sure, in working with sure, those companies sure. as well. And it is a costly endeavor for those private for the private sector. Um, what do you see as the government's role in supporting that? Well, gov government should be a, a really smart rule setter, and uh, government should play a kind of enabling role to make things happen. Uh, in the private sectors, and that government is also need to uh, invest in advance. Government, Korean government is going to invest uh, more than 70 billion U.S. dollars for Korea's carbon neutrality and green growth. That would be not enough. We are going to invite more aggressive role of financial sectors and private sectors to formulate a kind of blended finance. So policy and rule setting and inviting finance, that would be the role of the, the government. And that financial support you just mentioned, that's in subsidies, tax credits? Oh, not, just, you know? not just sex subsidy, yeah. Well, of course we need a kind of new uh, industrial support to Korean companies, but we also need to see the role of financial sectors as change agent mm -hmm. in reshaping Korea's green economy. That would be the role of uh, financial sector ahead. What do you mean by that change agent? Yeah, you know, uh, there are four major uh, financial groups in, in Korea, uh, Shinhan, Han, Hana, mm -hmm. Uri, KB. All those four uh, banking groups announced they are going to invest, they are going to mobilize green finance, which is more than 100 billion US dollars by 20. 30. Why do they do that? Ultimately, they know that's the way you earn money mm. in the long term. So that's, that's how we change the games, right? So like a, a worthwhile investment. Sure, is what you're sure. Saying. So government, the role of government to make it worthwhile. Yeah. And, and in that yeah. regard, Korea wishes to be a kind of first Korea, which means Korea wishes to be a first uh, country among uh, middle power countries to develop uh, indispensable green technologies and having indispensable innovative capacity to change the world, not just for Korea itself, but for the world and for the future of next generation and human race. Mm. That's the new concept of Korea, which is being highly, uh, highly encouraged, encouraged by the Korean President Yoon sung yeol What do you see as some challenges mm. facing Korea in going that direction as first Korea? As first Korea? Because first Korea means, as you may heard about Korea, is going to be a kind of uh, a country which could be categorized as a G7 or a G8 countries. But to be a uh, developed country means you should bear responsibility. You should play a different role as a developed country. That would be a kind of challenge because Korea used to have a kind of mentality 
of developing countries so far. Even though we have reached up to this level, still we need to change our mentality or attitude toward the world. For example, the, the concept of power should change. One of the new concepts of power is giving the belief that I will keep the promise I made. That's how Korea wishes to formulate new power of Korea in the world. Mm. But that is not easy. Yeah, not, not easy at all. Yeah, that means you need to meet the goal that you're setting to sure. keep that promise, right? Keep the promise. Yeah. So ROI is the key word or guiding principle for our commission. R means responsibility, O means orderly transition in a transparent and productive predictable transition, I means innovation. Mm. So those three keywords are kind of guiding principles for our climate actions during that's our administration. That's a different use of ROI than I've heard yeah, before. Sure. <laughs> different, but almost same. If yeah. we do well on that ROI keyword, you we get will the other ROI. Good, yes. good investment, <laughs> good return will be with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I understand that you've attended every COP summit. Sure. <laughs> going Since back the to Copenhagen Climate Summit exactly. in 2009. 2009. And you've um, mentioned you know, the role of coalitions, mentioned the role of cooperation. And how do you assess the overall international cooperation today? Well, uh, since uh, 2009's Copenhagen Summit, I have never missed a single uh, climate conference so far. But the world has spoken so many words without deep implementation. What I really like to see is a real implementation. That, that's the key word for this upcoming uh, climate conference in Dubai uh, this year. Mm -hmm. So we need to now focus on implementation, doing real things. Um, so I can't believe how quickly our time is passing, but okay. um, in, you know, in our final minutes, uh, I want <coughs> to ask you about your work with the younger generation, because this is, you've really focused on raising up the new generation That's of talent. That's most important. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, climate especially is filled with young activists and sure. people who really care deeply about mm. the issue. It is their future. It's our future. Sure. Um, and that's the same in South Korea as well. So what message do you have for the next generation? Well, you know, the younger you are, the more you will have worse impact. It's, it, it is generating that kind of generational equity problem. Young generation should be empowered with better education, with better job skills, and with better position of decision making. Because the decision we are making today is for their lives. They are entitled to join the, that kind of decision-making process. That's very important one, I think. What makes you hopeful about the upcoming generation? Because young generations are much smarter than <laughs> I am, <laughs> much more passionate. And they, they feel they kind of, a kind of friendship around the world. So when I, when I teach my students at KAIST, I think they are not just Korean students. They are kind of world students, mm -hmm. feeling a kind of world solidarity. And that is the hope I see in the young generation, upcoming generation. Mm -hmm. They are going to 
to be the leaders uh, very shortly, I, I do believe. I, I, we need to support them uh, to be in a better position to change the world, to make the future they want to have, they deserve to have. Well, Chair Kim, I think that's a great place to end our conversation. Thank you so much for joining us Thank here you. this evening. Thank you for having me, Michelle. <laughs> um, I will be back in just a few minutes with Ambassador Hyunjo and Professor Sun Jin Yoon to continue our conversation about climate change and South Korea. So I'll be right back. So this is climate. This is climate. <laughs> there you go. Wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> the following segment was produced and paid for by Washington Post Live event sponsor. The Washington Post newsroom was not involved in the production of this content. Hi, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the conversations today. My name is Heryang Kang. I'm a documentary filmmaker and journalist based here in Seoul. Thank you for joining us. In the climate conversation, I think one of the biggest questions is how are big corporations adapting themselves to create solutions? Uh, to offer some insight, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Jun Lee who is the sustainability leader for Asia at 3M. We'll be discussing what 3M has done for environmental sustainability, as well as what the company has, uh, company's visions for the future. Thank you for being here, Mr. Lee. Thank you for having me here today. Thank you. So last year in March, uh, 3M published their 2023 Global Impact Report, which highlights the yearly sustainability goals in progress by 3M. Could you highlight some of these sustainability goals and achievements 3M has made progress on and how it impacts the next generation? Okay. It is our ambition to create a more sustainable future with our people, product, solution, and science advocacy. I want to highlight two specific uh, bold goals including sustainability value commitment and greenhouse gas emission reduction. In 2019, 3MS required every product entering 3M new product commercialization process to have a sustainability value commitment that embed sustainability attribute into the pipeline that produce the global 3M diverse product. Considerations for the sustainability attribute include recyclability, reusability, waste reduction, and energy water consumption. Last year, 3M achieved 100% sustainability value commitment for every new product. Second on, in 2021, 3M recommitted to the greenhouse gas reduction, announcing 50% reduction by 2030, 80% by 2040, and becoming carbon neutral by 2050, utilizing the 2019 baseline year. Our updated goal builds on a strong history of greenhouse gas reduction, reducing scope and scope to carbon emission by more than 75% since 2002. And aligned with the recommendation from IPCC special report on 1.5 degree. In pursuit of this goal, SRAM achieved 37.8% reduction in absolute scope and scope to greenhouse gas emission since 2019. Yeah. As a science-based company, what are some of the ways that 3M is helping its customers adapt to uh, try to address the impacts of climate change through mitigation and adaptation? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, based on the research findings commissioned by 3M recently, it is very interesting to note that 77% of Korean adults believe reducing 
uh, environmental footprint and the impact of the good and service we consumed will have a positive impact on our society. As we delve into the research, we will also learn that the key concerns on the adoption of electric vehicle is the battery safety. On all the ways, SRAMS is contributing to the development of electric vehicle is through the use of SRAM adhesive solution made through the solvent-free manufacturing process. Due to the sensitivity of battery, battery cell, it is very crucial for battery to be secured on their casing without moving around. Additionally, uh, traditional bonding solution like uh, uh, metal screw and bolt have a risk of damaging battery cell. So by using SRAM tapes, SRAM is able to help local battery makers produce safer and more durable product. As a trusted partner of several electric, electric, electric vehicle manufacturers, SRAM offers a wide array of solutions to advance the aspect of battery performance. Thanks for sharing your insights about 3M with us. Actually, that's all the time we have. Um, thank you so much, Mr. Jun Lee, the sustainability, sustainability leader for Asia at 3M. Thank you. And now, back to Washington Post Live. Hello again, long time no see. Uh, I'm Michelle Yehili, Seoul Tokyo Bureau Chief at the Washington Post. And in this next conversation, we're going to zoom out a bit and take a more global view at climate change and its impact on South Korea and the world. Uh, tonight, we have Ambassador Hyunjo, uh, South Korea's former ambassador to, to the United Nations, India, and Austria. And he was also the Vice Minister of Foreign Affairs. And we have Sun Jin Yoon, who previously chaired South Korea's Carbon Neutrality Committee. And she is now a professor at the Graduate School of Environmental Studies at Seoul National University. They've both spent many years working on climate change, and uh, we're very excited to have this conversation. Ambassador Joe, Professor uh, Yoon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for thank hosting us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, let's, well, let's get started. Um, I want to start with the impact of climate change, which is, of course, a global issue. You know, just today, um, Canada is ablaze with wildfires. It's causing an air quality nightmare all along the East Coast, um, all over from New York, D.C., Detroit. South Korea also has been increasingly exposed to extreme weather conditions, such as, you know, record rainfall. Um, Ambassador Joe, why don't we start with you? How do you assess the impact of climate change on South Korea? Well, Korea cannot be an exception. We suffer from extreme weathers, uh, heat waves, and even change of fishing schools. Mm. So we are very much worried about it. Did you say fishing schools? Fish. Fish, schools of fish. Yes. Uh, how? What's happening? Well, the warm water. Uh, because of warm water, mm. we have different kind of fish we catch. So it's really changing everything from things we don't see and, and underneath the surface as well as what we see <laughs> above the ground. Um, Professor, have these extreme weather events made climate change um, more of an everyday concern for Korean citizens? Do you get that sense? 
Yeah, maybe I think because we have annual opinion poll uh, research survey, and uh, actually it was conducted. It has been conducted by Korea Environment Institute annually, and uh, the report says more and more people are recognizing the impact or the seriousness of climate change. But very interestingly. People answers uh, impact on their individual life is much smaller than on society. Really? Yeah, because you know, every person do not feel such kind of big impact in their daily life, but they can uh, hear some news. Uh, maybe their neighborhood or uh, some people in other villages, they are damaged. Mm -hmm. Some people lost their life. So such kind of uh, news gives some impact on their rec uh, recognition or awareness. Mm -hmm. And there is a, some kind of a psychological distance still. Even though climate change is very serious or uh, increasingly serious, but uh, until now, they cannot feel the real impact on their life. Mm. There is some kind of mismatch. So we need to narrow down the psychological distance. I think that's also on uh, the news media as well to continue shining the light. Um, Ambassador Joe, as a former diplomat, how do you assess South Korea's role in multilateral climate efforts so far? You know, what are the opportunities that South Korea still faces both in the region and, and beyond the region? Well, Korea has been engaged in climate actions constructively from the very beginning. And each and every country has actually two objectives with regard to climate change. One, participating in the reduction of emission. Two, to protect its own industry, if not the whole economy. And these two rabbits, two objectives are sometimes going the opposite way. Korea came up with this idea of green growth. That is, putting these two op uh, objectives in the same line. So we achieve not only the reduction, but also increase of the economic success. Uh, based on that, uh, we established the Green Growth Institute, an international organization, back in 2012, and we also concluded a Green Growth Alliance with Denmark. Uh, in the same vein, we have been working very constructively with many partnering countries. Now, Korea has been greening our ODA, Official Development Assistance, to many developing countries. But uh, let me uh, claim a small credit. Uh, while I was there in New York, uh, back in 2019, by the way, uh, today is International Oceans Day. Mm. Do, you, do you know who uh, decides that? Who? It's the United Nations, particularly General Assembly. Mm -hmm. And Korea at the time initiated uh, the day International Day of uh, Blue Sky. There were some objections, but we made it, finally. And uh, in s September uh, 9th, 7th, actually, mm. all the countries around the world observe this uh, International Day of Blue Sky. 
Um, and it, you mentioned earlier on the ODA, but what do you see as the opportunity to uh, involve, be involved with the so-called Global South on climate issues with South Korea? Whenever we uh, develop projects for developing countries, we put, we attach the most important, well, the greatest importance to climate change. So we see all of our projects through this lens. Um, Professor Yoon, what can South Korea learn from other countries that are you know, similarly grappling with uh, issues of climate and, and also their industries, like the tension that mm. the ambassador just, uh, you have both <coughs> spoken about? Um, for example, Germany, you know, we mentioned that earlier mm. in the earlier session. It also has a strong manufacturing section, uh, sector, but it's making quite a bit of advancements in green growth. So mm. is there something South Korea can learn from that sort of ex experience? Yeah, actually people say Germany should be our model case. Uh, but the problem we have is uh, we uh, maybe in, the in terms of industrial structure, uh, we have uh, similarity. Uh, but the problem is our policy is not much faster compared with uh, uh, Germany. And the people's, uh, even though people's awareness is very nice, but uh, I think uh, politics and the political action and the daily actions are very important. So in that sense, there is uh, some prob uh, gaps. And, uh, you know, uh, the electricity market is very different. In Korea, Capco, uh, is a kind of a monopoly, a monopoly uh, in transmission and distribution. So we need, we need to invite more and more players into uh, electricity market. So, but in case of uh, Germany or in other uh, European countries, they already experienced deregulation and there are much more uh, players in the market. And you know, our electricity price is very problematic. Our electricity price uh, uh, does not reflect uh, environmental and social cost. So uh, it does not give any signal to change people's action and the company's uh, uh, response. So that is very problematic. So you know, in, in, the, uh, in our uh, electricity market, renewable energy is not competitive yet. Mm. It is very different. Already in other countries, renewable energy uh, already passed, uh, already experienced grid parity, but in Korea still, very expensive, so it is not competitive. So our uh, speed of action or transition is very behind. Mm -hmm. And our institutions and the laws and uh, such kinds of institutional arrangement is not uh, appropriate yet. Mm -hmm. So we need to change everything, I think, uh, not just our actions, institutions and laws and uh, others. So uh, market systems, uh, our lifestyle, there are too many things we need to change. Mm. May I, may I, yeah, may I, yeah, I was going to ask, ask yeah, you about that. Because indeed, uh, every country has its own idiosyncratic policy. And we cannot simply adapt it no matter how good it is. Uh, however, uh, I applaud Germany for its audacity. Mm -hmm. And in the vein, uh, may I suggest one or two things? Yes, changing lifestyle is very important. Look at Korea, Seoul. Uh, 
public transportation is there. Uh, and it's silly to commute two hours driving a luxurious car alone, for instance. So we have to change uh, the habit. And I was encouraged to read the news that France recently has banned short air flights mm. where uh, train is available. That's very encouraging sign. And look at the house. In Seoul, we are living in apartments, very highly insulated apartment buildings. Uh, living in a big house without insulation and pumping uh, <laughs> summer and night, that's not good. And something I want to, I've been thinking about is carbon footprint. Mm. We talk about carbon footprint, but may I suggest that we now think about introducing future carbon footprint in deciding a place or event like uh, Olympic Games or World Cup. Think about how much of greenhouse emission gas eventually will be produced when you have that game in a certain place, uh, playing soccer in a big dome, air-conditioned dome. It's not, we are not uh, as serious as we should be. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. I actually, you know, uh, in case of Germany, uh, there was a social consensus on nuclear phase-out. And uh, instead of uh, expanding nuclear power, they just invest money to expand renewable energy. And the Russia-Ukraine war also stimulated such kind of transition. So nowadays, international electricity market, renewable energy is dominant. But in that sense, Korea is... Uh, very behind. Our electricity, the share of electricity from renewable energy is under one, uh, 10%. It is the lowest among OECD countries. So even though 29 companies joined the RE100, uh, there is not uh, enough electricity from renewable energy to meet their goal. That is very problematic. We should change our policy. We should change our law. That is big problem. Mm. Yeah, I think both of you are really touching on um, deep challenges facing. It's actually not just South Korea, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And you're, you know, the comparisons to Germany um, are helpful, but uh, it, every country has idiosyncratic uh, idiosyncrasies. You know, we can't talk about global cooperation and the global impact of climate change without talking about China, right? Um, how do you? Um, well, we can start with Ambassador Cho. How do you see the role of China um, when it comes to <laughs> reductions of you know, uh, emissions and, and just generally uh, toward a more greener world? <laughs> Back in 2002, Japan, Korea, and China had a ministerial meeting, trilateral ministerial meeting for the first time on environment, environmental Environment. issues. So this is the issue that requires regional cooperation, whether we like it or not. And going beyond our region, I hope that um, the US, uh, the second emitter country, should talk to China, the first emitter country. Uh, we heard that US has three categories of 
uh, I mean, meeting with China. Uh, that is cooperation, uh, competition, and confrontation. And this issue should be falling into the category of cooperation. I hope that the area of cooperation, including climate change, should be expanded more than ever. Do you think that's uh, feasible in the sh uh, short-term future, given the U.S.-China tensions? Yes. You think so? Yeah, I believe yeah. in it. Yeah. How about you, Professor Yu? Uh, I think, you know, uh, currently, uh, one of the most uh, investment uh, for renewable energy is happening in China. China's investment is the biggest because China uh, has big money. Even though per capita income is low, but the uh, growth is big enough. And uh, they have experienced the air pollution, like uh, fine dust. So uh, there is uh, some co-benefit to reduce fossil fuel. So not just uh, uh, reduction of carbon dioxide and greenhouse gases, also it can reduce air pollution. So I think China uh, has tried to solve the air pollution problem. And I think, you know, China also experienced, suffered from uh, climate impact. So it is not just the others' issue, it is uh, their issue too. So there is reason for them to work hard on uh, expansion of renewable energy or green technology, I think. Mm. Um, Ambassador, you mentioned earlier the trilateral uh, meeting back in 2002 on environment. South Korea, Japan, China are now looking at perhaps meeting again, maybe by the end of the year. It is actually the trilateral cooperation between those three as a part of the Indo-Pacific strategy of President Yoon. Um, do you think that that sort of a meeting could happen again? I mean, how difficult do you think that will be? I think it would be rather difficult under the circumstances. Nevertheless, we should not close down the window of opportunity. And that window is now? Uh, it's not closed yet. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we are breathing community. <laughs> so, you know, or community of breathing or breathe because we share air. And yeah. actually, you know, it is very tough time to have some cooperation among three countries. But I think we need to try. And, you know, in terms of industry, it is very important to expand or to develop uh, renewable technology and the energy efficiency improvement technology, battery technology. So I think even the climate crisis gives us risks, but not just the risk, but also uh, opportunities, chances we have. Because, because of climate change, we cannot survive here. But if we try to change ourselves, uh, we can co-survive. Mm. So uh, I think current uh, climate change has been caused by human beings. So human being has the key to solve this problem. Uh, so if we have just a natural uh, climate change, maybe there is no way for us to change this system or circumstance. But 
We cause the problem, so we have the solution, we have the key. So I think citizens' power is very important. They should work on change our politics, change of our policies, change of our institutions, change of our lifestyle. So I always encourage or ask our people uh, to act now. Mm. It is not just words, action is the most important thing we need to have. Uh, and I, I want to build off of that and ask you, Ambassador Joe, like how could we message that to the public here in South Korea? You know, this importance of the action, the individual action. Um, how, how do you think, you know, that that sort of message can be spread here? I guess the government has been working well with non-governmental organizations and med news media. And now, uh, I guess, public awareness of the climate change issue in Korea is relatively high, higher than most of other countries, I guess. Mm. But the problem is, even though uh, higher awareness we have, but the problem is practice and action. I think the action should include the willingness to pay. Uh, electricity is not given free. We should pay for that. But if people want increase uh, electricity price, I think our news media has some problem. Just uh, <laughs> bomb, some, something like uh, uh, a price bomb, something. Mm. So it gives a very negative impact on people's uh, attitude to increase about our electricity price. Or I think not just save energy in their house, it is very important. Also, I think people go ahead as a consumer, not just a consumer. They should become producer because renewable energy, the scale, maybe uh, PVs on their rooftops and uh, some, sometimes in their balcony, in apartment. But uh, nowadays, uh, such kind of actions cannot happen again because of lack of policy. That is problem. And I always uh, ask people, invest your money to the company uh, working on ESG management or who join, which join Ali 100. Such kind of investment and uh, consumption changes our market and companies, not just saving something in their household. It is not just that uh, we should exceed. And I think we should pressure our politicians. They make laws and uh, policies. So even though I express its political vote, it is very important. We should ask our politicians to work on that. Our uh, National Assembly, members of National Assembly and uh, our governors and including maybe president, they should move, act. And I think uh, I express economic vote or money vote. We have money in the market. We can buy something which has less uh, uh, emission of mm. greenhouse gases and we should change ourselves more uh, Vegetarian diet we should have. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we are uh, just about out of time, but I uh, want to ask for any final thoughts from Ambassador Joe, because you've been, uh, we'll give you the final word there. Well, uh, nevertheless, I'm, 
optimistic about what we are going to do um, because the public awareness has gone up. And also, we have a success story. Back in 1980s, uh, a number of scientists have found that uh, the ozone layer uh, surrounding the globe has been being depleted, causing uh, havoc in the environment of the world. So um, they, countries decided to have uh, negotiations on this. And they eventually successfully agreed to uh, abandon CFC. So ozone layer is no longer a problem. But at the time, uh, Korea was the victim because Korean industry at the time was not prepared to change to some other products. Nevertheless, uh, we, uh, our companies very swiftly changed uh, the product to still produce good refrigerators. Uh, this leads me to my final uh, saying about the confidence in us, believing in technology and innovation, particularly in Korea. Well, I think that's a really great place to end this conversation. Ambassador Joe, Professor Yoon, we're out of time, and thank you so much. We're so glad you can join us tonight. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.